You're listening to the Garden City Church Podcast. We just want to say thanks so much for tuning in. And if you enjoy what you hear today, please subscribe, share, and review the podcast. If you want to support what Garden City is doing, you can go to GardenCityNW.com slash give or click on give in the show notes. Let's dive into this week's message together. Hey everyone, Michael here. When we started our church, Garden City, it used to be called Whitewater Church, uh, over 10 years ago, we were really struck by this stat that the longer somebody is a Christian, the less non-Christian friends they tend to have, which is opposite of what we we're called to do, right? And, you know, it's, it's all good things. You, know, you go to church, then you have all your midweek church programs, you hang out with your church friends. And so one of the things we tried to do to combat this early on was we would throw block parties. We would uh, pick a neighborhood and we would just throw uh, a big party. There'd be grills and drinks and people would come out and, and neighbors would come out of their house and meet their neighbor for the first time. Some people would live there, you know, years and years and years and never actually met their neighbors. So it's one of the ways that we kind of helped start building community at our church. That's been a spiritual practice that we have continued with. Um, and actually this Sunday uh, in person here at Garden City, we decided not to have a service and rather just have a church picnic. Give people an opportunity to, to talk and get to know each other a little bit and eat food. Um, I'm not sharing that to rub it in, <laughs> but... Uh, I wanted to share a little message uh, for our online campus um, on the importance of hospitality and the spiritual practice of eating food. A couple years back, a guy at our church um, helped open a really fancy sushi restaurant up in Seattle, and a bunch of Whitewater people at the time, we were, we were Whitewater Church, uh, got invited, and it was a super high-end place. It was all-you-can-eat sushi, open bar. And a bunch of Seahawks players were there. Uh, I'm pretty sure the mayor was there. And, and everyone's, everyone's trying to schmooze up to like the Seahawks and stuff. And all those whitewater people are like stuffing sushi in our coat pockets. And that was the moment I, was, I knew I was, these, these are my people. This is my people. We love food. I love food. My wife and I love food. When we travel. We, the, the main activity is just trying to find the best places to eat. I love food. Food is deeply spiritual. It's a tiny moment of heaven in your mouth, a glimpse into the goodness and kindness of God. And if you're not a believer in the goodness of God, you have never had an authentic carnitas taco. Jesus loved food as well. He was always sharing meals with his disciples, inviting himself over to tax collectors' houses for dinner, and he also attended many weddings. In fact, his first miracle took place at a wedding. John tells the story in uh, John 2, 1 through 11. It says, on the third day, a wedding took place in Cana in Galilee. Jesus' mother was there, and Jesus and his disciples had also been invited to the wedding. When the wine was gone, Jesus' mother said to him, they have no more wine. Woman, why do you involve me? Jesus replied, my hour has not yet come. His mother said to the servants, do whatever he tells you. Nearby stood six stone water jars, the kind used by the Jews for ceremonial washing, each holding from 20 to 30 gallons. Jesus said to the servants, fill these jars with water. So they filled them to the brim. And he told them, now draw some out and take it to the master of the banquet. 
They did so. And the master of the banquet tasted the water that had been turned into wine. He did not realize where it had come from, though the servants whom had drawn the water knew. Then he called the bridegroom aside and said, Everyone brings out the choice wine first, and then the cheaper wine after the guests have had too much to drink, but you have saved the best till now. What Jesus did here in Cana of Galilee was the first of the signs through which he revealed his glories, and his disciples believed in him. This is fascinating. This is Jesus's first miracle that is marking his ministry to come. And what I think is fascinating here is it says that he he took the water that was used for ceremonial washing. Now, what that means is the Jews had this water they would use to, to wash off the Gentile filth. It represented who was in and who was out. He took this symbol of who's in and who's out of separation and turned it into the ultimate symbol of hospitality, of togetherness, of table that everyone is invited to the table. And it sounds like it was pretty good wine too. The guy said, this is better than the the best wine that came out at the beginning of the wedding. I think that's so powerful. You know, the, the cultural moment that Jesus walked on this earth in is not much different than ours right now. You know, there was great political unrest and division, and it's not that different than today. And Jesus gathered together this crazy group of people. There was Matthew, the tax collector. So you have this government employee. And then you have Simon the Zealot, who's this far-right nationalist assassin. These are the people that made up the church, the early church. Think about that. Think about how radical that is in our day and age right now. And it was so offensive to the culture at the time that all these people who shouldn't belong together, who, sh- who are on opposite sides of the political spectrum, opposite uh, ends of the, of the cultural, of the social status. Um, it was offensive. In fact, Jesus was essentially killed because of who he ate dinner with. In fact, at his last meal that he shared with his disciples, um, before he was go and be crucified, he grabbed the wine. And this would, this is calling back to his first miracle. His disciples would have have caught that reference. And he says, this is my blood that is spilt for you. And he grabbed his bread. He said, this is my body that is broken for you. When you do this, when you're together and you're sharing a meal and you're, you're eating together, remember me. And what he's saying is, remember the ministry of reconciliation that I that I had and that I have called you into. We're in, we are to be reconcilers of all people. That is powerful. That is a beautiful picture of who we're called to be. Inviting people into our lives, into our homes, sharing a meal with someone, it is a deeply spiritual practice. Some of my deepest conversations have been over a great meal. Take a second and think, who is a person in your life that is just great at hosting people. You know, they're, they're, the, they're the people, they always have the, the charcuterie out, they have the music just right, they know how to create a great atmosphere, and everybody wants to hang out at, the, at their house. I know for me, that's our dear friends, Sam and Trista Walcott, and um, I swear they have someone over at their house every night of the week. 
And not just like they're close friends, but like they'll meet someone at church or they'll, they'll meet a new neighbor and they're always inviting new people into, into the circle of friends. I mean, every time I go over, there's somebody new that I'm, I'm, I'm meeting and Trista's an amazing cook. So there's always just incredible food. Sam's always got great music go, going on. And, you know, hosting people takes sacrifice. You got to clean your house, mow your lawn. It's a, it's a sacrifice of money. You know, food is expensive. And if you're feeding a lot of people, but it comes from a place of generosity. We want, we want to be a generous people. You know, Puyallup, the word Puyallup means the land of generous people. Isn't that interesting? I find our town at times not to be a generous town. Let us be a generous church. Let's be a generous people and invite people into our lives. And a couple practical things. If you're, maybe you're not the life of the party, maybe you're not a super, you know, extrovert, um, partner with someone who is, you know, maybe you have a great backyard and you can partner with someone who loves throwing parties, or maybe you like to grill and you're like, I can, I can grill the meat. I'll just hang out. I'll man the, the, the barbecue. You know, that's an easy thing too. And it's also, I find it's easier some, for some people to throw a party with friends. So if you're inviting like um, someone new over who you haven't met, like have another couple there that's a good friend of yours and it helps with conversation and it helps kind of feel like a, like a real natural uh, way to bounce off each other. You can tag team in and out when you don't know what to talk about or whatever, you know. Invite people into your life. Who is someone that you can invite over to your house and share a meal, or maybe you're not a cook at all, and you just take them out to coffee, or you go out and grab a meal at your favorite restaurant. You know, our favorite restaurant is Enrama in in Tacoma. If you've not been, it is the best handmade pasta and drinks, and the best people run that place. And I'm constantly inviting people to do Enrama. It's my favorite thing. I want to share it with people, and we have the best conversation. Life changing conversations happen over food. Invitation leads to transformation. You never know the impact that you can have on someone's life by simply inviting them. We have the guac off coming up at the end of the month, which you're invited to. Come to my house, eat tacos, listen to music. It's going to be great. There's a little bit of summer left. We're kind of like, you know, the summer is, we're already thinking about going back to school and all those kind of things. And, and I encourage you, take advantage of the time we have. Invite over your neighbors that you don't know or the neighbors that you do know. Invite over someone new you met at church, uh, a coworker. Let's be the church and invite people into our lives. I truly believe the church is the hope of the world, the community of Jesus. Let us be a community of people with intention that open our homes and our lives to invite people into a flourishing life with Jesus. Thanks for joining us today. If you have any questions or comments about today's message or would like to contact Garden City Church, reach out at info at gardencitynw.com or click contact in our show notes. Garden City services are made possible by your generosity. Your generosity is love in action. Have a great week, and we'll see you next time.